our network. It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the program. Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock tonight. And we're into game week, finally. We finally get to say that, Matt Daniels. It's uh, been a long time coming, eight, seven months or so. And uh, it's uh, as we were sitting here in the studio looking out uh, on Devonshire Drive, it, it, it looks like football weather, Steve. It looks like it. It feels like it. We've got uh, 50 degrees right now. The wind chill, by the way, if you're into wind chills, is 46. Although it's supposed to be 80 on Thursday. I, I hear that. Here it is. Haven't looked ahead too much to Madison to see what it's going to be like up there on Friday night, but that game kicks off at 7 o'clock Friday night. Before we get any further, uh, condolences to Bob. Thank you. I was Atlanta wondering Braves. when that was going to happen. Well, we get that out of the way, right? Yeah, they uh, – sorry, Bob. I'm good with it. They did out, uh, outperformed themselves. They had a better season than I dreamed of, so they, they took the team that's going to win the World Series to seven games. Lost four to three, not the end of the world. I, you know what? Actually, with everything else going on, I really last night I was normally I'd be throwing things. Okay, be throwing things around, probably smash the TV. But I last night I decided I'm just happy we're all alive. Frankly, I'm really took everything is in perspective now. Yeah, because of COVID and everything else. I was thinking my dog's doing good, my wife's doing good, my child's doing good. So. It's, it's sad the Braves lost, but not the end of the world. And that plus, they're going to be great for five or ten years. So I'm okay. Yeah, it was a. When the World Series. Uh, was, I mean, it was a heck of a series in, in both the American League and the National League. First time they've went seven games in, in both since 2004. And uh, yeah, the Braves are, are set up for for more success. And as a Cardinals fan, I just find it kind of karma that after what they did to the Cardinals in 1996, when the Cardinals were up three games to one, and then really pounded the Redbirds in those final three games that. I guess they had it coming 24 years You're the years only later. one thinking of that in the world. But that's no, fine. I'm sure there are a handful of others. Oh, well. Our phone uh, line is open if you'd like to jump in, 356-9397. Mr. Ritchie, are you ready for uh, game week and your trip coming up to uh, Madison, Wisconsin? Sure. Ready or not, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I was just thinking of the last sporting event I covered in person was uh, Illinois-Iowa basketball on March 8th, so... To see a game live, uh, that it's going to be weird. I mean, there's not going to be anyone at Camp Randall except for the teams and you know a handful of and you. media. Yeah, getting to me. And Steve. Yes. But uh, me and Bob will be here in Champagne holding it down. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it'll. I mean, it's been a long time coming to get back to. Uh, I'm not going to say normal because we're certainly not there yet, but uh, normal adjacent maybe. We'll talk about this uh, as we move our way through. We've got comments from uh, Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, and Brandon Peters. 
And I know that, you know, I don't know because I haven't asked you guys, but uh, I would think when you saw the line on this ball game, you might have been a little bit surprised. I was thinking maybe somewhere in the uh, 10 to 14 point range, given the fact that Il- Illinois has its most experienced team back uh, in Lovey's mm-hmm. now five seasons in Champaign, and the fact that Illinois did win the game last year, and Wisconsin lost a couple of guys. I, I, no no way did I think Illinois would be favored, mm-hmm. certainly on the road, but I didn't think about 23 and a half. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a topic of conversation this afternoon uh, among the Illinois coaches and Illinois players on, on their respective Zoom calls, and, and rightfully so, and, and Scott uh, addresses that in, in Tuesday's paper with the story. And uh, I, I like you, Steve, I thought that Illinois would be an underdog. I didn't think it would be as much, and especially – this Big Ten season, the fact that there's going to be no fans, so it takes out all the environment, all the hostile atmospheres that teams can normally rely upon. I mean, the last time I was in Camp Randall was in 2016, and Jeff George Jr., I think, is still throwing <laughs> interceptions <laughs> like he did in wow. the first half. <laughs> Tough game. It was Yeah, it was it was a rough game, and, and the Wisconsin crowd really affected Illinois in, in the first half, and then the second half it wasn't much of a game at all, so the, the crowd was already checking out where to go for, for late-night parties and things, but... The Not fact anymore. that the fact yeah, exactly well in Wisconsin they Maybe. might be <laughs> yeah, the forecast Given in Wisconsin is cloudy with a chance of COVID apparently you've been saving that all day Scott uh, actually I just thought of it Teed and it I really wanted to say it. well the odds makers and Matt you know this too they don't set the point line based on who the they're actually going to win they set it based on how people are going to bet half and half right so the whole goal of the odds makers is to make it perfectly in the middle so they don't think that necessarily the Wisconsin is 24 points better than LA, but they think people are going to think that because of the history of their programs. Simple as that. I heard Lauren this morning, and I hate to agree with Lauren, but Lauren agreed, said that basically <laughs> Illinois is perceived to be much, you know, much lower than Wisconsin. That's fair, even I though did, they I, won last year. I, I, well, I, and I, that, that line apparently was not a good one for the oddsmakers because it's changed. It's not, it, it's, 19 or 20 at this point. Still a lot, but 23 and a half. Fine. I, I just hope Illinois linebacker Jake Hansen brings some cigars with him on, on the trip to Madison like he had stored last year that he, he brought out uh, after for the post-game media scrum, which won't be a scrum anymore. It'll be a, It'll be a, a Zoom. Well, today's media luncheon was different <laughs> than in past what years. What did you guys have to eat? There was no lunch. I had leftovers. <laughs> and it was done, uh, <laughs> it was done by... Zoom, which Ken is... Ken did not bring food like he said he would. Well... Should, he should have... I'll tell you him. what. Ken's taken care of us over the I'm years. Kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I know you are, but uh, he, he liked that joke as well. Ken did, but uh, <laughs> talking about uh, getting some deliveries out to, to everybody. But... Uh, Uber Eats, awesome, Scrubhub. Yeah. Lovey talked about several things, and we'll play some of those uh, those comments for you, including what last year's win over Wisconsin meant and about being a, a big underdog going into this year's opener. We needed a signature win. They were highly ranked. We were able to, uh, you know, play good enough football to get, get the win that day. As far as being disrespected, uh, until we become a consistent winner, this is a position we'll be in quite a few times. It's not all bad to be the underdog when people don't have a lot of confidence and, you know, and what they think you can be. But as I look at our football team, as we look at our football team, we made progress last year. We were able, we were a six win team. And I think we're a stronger football team right now. We lost a few guys, but for the most part, 
our best players are back, and we've added uh, quite a few players. So we're excited about seeing exactly how we fit into the landscape in 2020. That's Lovey Smith earlier today talking about a lot of those players back. Interesting note, and we'll hear from Rod Smith as well, the offensive coordinator, but uh, Rod's pretty excited about having a second-year quarterback for the first time since he's been here. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Brandon Peters, uh, you know, has got a, a lot on his plate this season, a lot of uh, lofty expectations, and, and he was really key in, in that win uh, against Wisconsin last year. Yes, the, the defense made some key plays late, and, and everyone remembers James McCourt's uh, game-winning field goal, as they rightfully should, but Illinois is not storming Zupke Field and, and – you know, having fans rush the field, which again feels so weird because that's not going to happen in 2020 and who knows when it'll happen again. But that's, uh, I think too, going back to the whole underdog thing for Illinois, the, the three touchdown underdog, there's a reason too, because no one, and I get it, last year's team is different than what Illinois have in 2020, but the reason why fans rushed the field and the Illinois players were ecstatic and mobbed James McCord is because no one expected them to beat Wisconsin last year. Now that is maybe changed in terms of people inside Illinois' locker room and Illinois fans perhaps. I think it should be a close competitive game on on Friday night, but there was a reason there was so much euphoria here in Champaign because no one expected it. Well, Wisconsin was number six exactly. in the country. They and, were undefeated. And undefeated. And, and Illinois was two and four and mired in a lengthy losing streak. And there are plenty of questions, not only about the 2019 season, but also just the future direction of the program under Lovey Smith. And then they kind of quelled those those critics for a while with that month-long win streak. And, and like Lovey Smith said earlier today, they have to consistently do this in order for people to, in order to not be three touchdown underdogs. Want to talk some football with us? Feel free to jump in here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Something else that uh, Lovey addressed. And if you've been watching the news, Bob, Wisconsin's a hotbed for the COVID right now. And we wrote about this for tomorrow a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so Illinois is going right into that. Here's what Lovey had to say about that, the, uh, the positivity rate in the state of Wisconsin being what it is. We talk about just concentrating on the things that we can control. You talked about the positivity rate in the state of Wisconsin. We're not going to be there at all of those places. For us to be able to play the game Friday night, we're going to have a clean field. Both programs will be that way. So I don't, we're not really worried about a lot of those things. Uh, we've been testing every day. They've been testing every day. So in a way, the football teams have been in a form of a bubble a little bit. So... Uh, we are going to spend the night there the night before, but we're going to get on a bus, go right to the hotel, and we trust the protocols that they have in place there. Some other Big Ten news, though, it can't happen. Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom, the Purdue coach, really good guy, has tested positive. Now, he tested positive today, I would guess, or maybe yesterday, and they I found out about yesterday. it. So, who knows? By five days from now, what? His situation might be. Well, I would think he's not going to be coaching the game in person, certainly. Well, Lou Saban came back quicker than that. Yeah, that was odd, and I'd like to see the test results. From, actually, you see a doctor look at those test results, say the yes, yeah, that's right. But that was Alabama and Nick Saban. This is Jeff Baum and, and the Big Ten. Well, and the question is, how much is Purdue going to mess Jeff Baum? Because that guy, just like. Nick Saban runs the Alabama team. Jeff Brom runs the runs the Purdue team. It's going to be not the same. I, I, 
that and then they, if they're opening against Rutgers or Michigan State, they might have a chance against Iowa. That's a bad, bad, bad draw for Purdue. Now I think they want Jeff Brom back as soon as possible. Hopefully for the Illinois game the next week. Is that the next week? Yeah. Yep. Next yeah. Saturday. That game, by the way, has been uh, set for an 11 o'clock kickoff. That is on Saturday the 31st. It's for Halloween. All the, it's for all the trick-or-treaters. Is trick-or-treating going to happen yes. to be a thing of the past yes. as well? I mean, uh, it's going to happen. I mean, my, I know the kids are outside. I get yeah, that. My, uh, my five-year-old daughter and three-year-old son already have their costumes picked out, and, and we're taking precautions, but we will have them participate in some form of trick-or-treating. The covid 19 2020 version of trick-or-treating it won't be like it was in the past but for all those that are interested in what i'm going to do on halloween for a little bit when i'm not here at the office but uh yeah it's uh, purdue's situation is is different i don't know if jeff brahm's going to coach on saturday but like we saw last week with nick saban he tests positive Miracle. and finds out wednesday afternoon <laughs> and is isolated at home and then he gets three negative tests and coaches in Saturday night's game, and maybe it was a false positive Matt, test. Matt, come take the test for me is what he did. Matt, come take the test for me. You know, I literally, I, you, do, you, do, you guys trust that? I don't trust it. I don't, I don't believe he was negative for three tests. I'm not sure it was a very good uh, message, a very good no. sign to put out there. Well, I, well the, I the officials in that game didn't believe it because, you know, there's a scene where and Nick Saban had his mask off and was yelling at yeah. an official. And like he couldn't, the ref couldn't get his his own mask up quick enough. <laughs> well, I think in this country in 2020, all you have to do is look at someone who's living in Washington D.C. and who has massive rallies with thousands of people out and can form their own conclusions on that. That's as far as we'll go with politics sure, there we on, go. on this particular <laughs> show. Anyway, 5:24 is the time. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. More football to talk about, some basketball as well, baseball, whatever might be on your mind, 356-9397. This is Steve Kelly with the News Gazette Sports Writers, and we're back after this. 528, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, and an open phone line if you'd like to join us, 356-9397. We're here until the uh, 6 o'clock hour coming up. Tonight at 7, it's the Lovey Smith Show right here on these airwaves, as well as Light Rock 97.5, WHMS, our sister station. Though, So, again, that comes up at 7 o'clock. Big Ten football, you've probably seen the matchups. Uh, Bob, how excited are you to kind of anticipate what you might see this week with the season opening games being conference games? And everything's just weird, but... It'll be fun to just to see how it goes. Oh, I'm I've already pre-taped every game. I've got every game ready to go. I watch every single game, obviously Illinois game, but every other game, and it's going to be cool. I'm wondering, and Matt has mentioned this before, maybe they should have started earlier. In hindsight, now I think what they did is fine. They're being careful, but yeah, I, I'm so excited to see them back on the field. There's some really potentially some. The best game to me, Purdue. I'm sorry, Minnesota, Michigan, is the best game on paper at least because I know Minnesota got way overranked according to some of my colleagues. Hey, I, I'm just I'm just wondering where the, all the love for PJ Fleck is. I gathered changed my mind because they're in good. In the last twelve months, they're good. You you did not like him at all. I didn't like so him. You I still got him in the and then, and then he starts winning yeah. games, and he starts winning games, and he's, he's well, your, then he's Bob your best starts buddy. rowing the boat. They, I I'm actually rowing the boat. They're, Ski they 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 won 11 games last year for the first time in 100 years. So I think that counts. Maybe it's 
maybe it's some national Sinha- title twenty. Sid Harbin karma or something going on, but I th- I think they're definitely a top ten team. I think they'll beat Michigan on Saturday. They're so going to beat Michigan. They're going to beat the whole Big Ten. Then they're going to take down Clemson and Alabama and win the national. Yeah, title. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think Bob already wrote that column. Could, I've not written that, but I think they're going to be pretty good. They're actually a two point underdog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, At again, odds makers don't always, always get it right. They thought Florida State would lose badly to North Carolina. I watched every second of that game. Who, like, whoever would have thought in the college football world that people would expect North Carolina to, or Florida State to lose to North right. Carolina? I mean, what? Like, how is that well, possible? Last, last I get it. Florida, five years ago, Florida, yes. Florida, yeah, yeah. Florida, Florida State's a walking train wreck, essentially. Yeah. Show of its former self. Yeah, exactly. But that's crazy to it tells think tells you that people, though. They have, they have talent there. It's probably not you used Or that well North Carolina is really overrated and Mac Brown hasn't turned it around. I would have thought that, except the way they beat Virginia Tech earlier in the year. That really was impressive. And so, uh, You're right, though. North Carolina was the, number six. is like, this feels wrong to me. But in basketball, yes. Football, probably not. Not last year's basketball I want to give you four games here on the okay. Big Ten schedule. You, you guys tell me who you think has the best chance to pull the quote-unquote upset. Obviously, the Illinois game is one. Right. Nebraska at Ohio State. Iowa and Purdue is almost a toss-up, but it would be an upset if Purdue wins. They're a mm-hmm. two-point underdog. Number eight, Penn State plays at Indiana. And uh, the Maryland-Northwestern game, nobody cares about that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, we already fix- talked about Michigan-Minnesota. So of those four games I just mentioned there, who has the best chance, do you think, to pull off the upset? Matt, we'll start with you. Uh, maybe go Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Hoosiers uh, you know, made the Gator Bowl last season. Michael Penix Jr., their, their quarterback, uh, he's really good when he's healthy. And Tom Allen, their, their coach, has got a defensive background, although Penn State is, is loaded uh, offensively. And uh, James Franklin has really you know, righted that, that ship over there in, in Happy Valley. But if Indiana knocks off Penn State, I, I think that would be the least of the quote-unquote upsets that I'd be surprised about. What do you think, Scott? Well, since Matt picked Indiana. Well, you can know. do it, too. Well, I want to be a little different. I, I didn't hear Rutgers in there at all. Well, let's be if things no one They're cares playing about. Michigan State. I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> who would be the upset there. Um, I, I think Purdue, possibly. I mean, even Rondell with, Moore's back. With no Jeff Brom on the sidelines. But if Iowa wasn't didn't have a brand-new quarterback, then I'd feel less confident in Purdue. But um, Boilermakers, I think, are, are better than they – showed last season we're just trying to pick up new sub- new listeners and subscribers in indiana is what we're trying to do I, th- I bet you there's some purdue fans that don't live that far over the border yeah, right. yep there's some radio listeners in the state of indiana we hear from them quite a bit of course now that we're worldwide we hear from <laughs> them all over the country so you're going to say nebraska no, I'm not going to say Nebraska. I will say Illinois is going to be Wisconsin, which okay. I think is going to happen. I'm stunned. I picked, actually, <laughs> I picked it in the in the Madison paper. It will be 24-23 last year's game score. Because you, you never go for historical significance in any of your I score do, predictions. But, but I do think Nebraska is going to play Ohio State better than people think. It won't be a 20, it won't be a 30-point game. Might be a ten point game. If you they're weren't if you weren't from the state of Nebraska, would you say that, Bob? Yes, I would because okay. I think they're better. I think Ohio State's tiny, tiny bit overrated, even though I have them number three in my poll. <laughs> a little bit because again, if there was one hundred ten thousand people in Ohio Stadium, 
then they killed Nebraska, beat them by 70. Without those fans, every game is going to be weird. Every game is going to be different. If you get off to a bad start like Ohio State, let's say, let's say the quarterback goes out and throws a pick right away, pick six, and the game changes. So I think Nebraska plays a better game, but they still lose. Ohio State is number five in the poll. You've got them at number three. Three, correct. And you think a win over Nebraska. I, I, I agree with you here. I think if they beat Nebraska, they'll be number three because I, I think they'll move up Oh yeah. that quickly. I think there's a lot of voters that might like to have them higher than five. I'm, puzzled. I'm the, puzzled by their— Well, the fact they haven't played a game. That's, that's looking yeah, against them. That's not, their, that's not their fault. Right. And, I again, we were able to vote SEC teams from the pretty much beginning of the season, so I think it's okay— if you want to put come up, put Ohio State up in at three or four or five, that's fine. Well, a game week wouldn't be complete without a couple of comments from Rod Smith, the offensive coordinator, heading into another season here. He's got uh, the veteran quarterback back in uh, Brandon Peters, as we mentioned, and some pretty uh, decent-looking potential the wide receiver spot. But we talked to him a little bit about several things today including the point spread, as we've talked about uh, so far on this show. Uh, you know, we don't play too much attention to that, put too much weight into that. Hell, we were 30-point underdogs last year, right? So we, we, we don't really don't pay attention. You, you, you hear it. I mean, obviously you're going to hear it, but I don't think anybody around here puts too much weight on that, even when we're considered the favorites at times. So, you know, it is what it is. That's Rod Smith, one of his other comments, and he had a lot to say, and you'll hear more about that as the, the, the week goes along but uh, talked about playing in a game with no fans <laughs> well i, I played a division two so i'm kind of used to empty stadiums <laughs> you know that's not that a big of a deal for me i'm that's I, it probably takes me back to my roots so yeah you'll probably get to hear everything which will be kind of unique uh but you know communication has never really been a problem for us the way we do things now it should be just even easier that's offensive coordinator Rod Smith. Any other takeaways, uh, Scott, from uh, watching all the the Zoom stuff today? I think you know Brandon Peters is maybe coming to his own a little bit yeah, in his time yeah, here in Champaign. And, and like I wrote about this last time, we got a chance to talk with him. He's just he's just more comfortable. Maybe a little bit more of his very dry, sort of under the radar humor is starting to come out. And if he's comfortable, then. Uh, means only good things for the Illinois offense. We'll hear from Brandon Peters, the Illinois quarterback, on the other side of this break that we need to take at 536. Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Phone line is open, 356-9397. If you'd like to chip in, feel free to join us, and we'll be right back. Friday Night Football coming up from Camp Randall Stadium. A lot going on between now and then. We'll get you covered on that. Is our plan on the uh, network radio team is to be there at the stadium. Brian Barnhart on the play-by-play. Martin O'Donnell with the uh, color commentary. Yours truly on the pregame, halftime, and postgame. Ed Bond Engineering. So as of Monday at um, 5.41, <laughs> the plan is to go to Madison. And the way things are these days, guys, that could change three times this week. Yeah, I, uh, before we came on here, I sent a rather lengthy email to the sports staff about uh, coverage plans for the rest of the week, and I think I threw a line in there that said, as all things in 2020, everything is subject to change. But, uh, yeah, it's 7 p.m. Friday night in Camp Randall. You get to see uh, the Illini take on the, the Badgers, and 
for a few hours, even though there's going to be no fans in that massive college football stadium, it's going to feel a little bit normal. You won't get the um, the uh, fourth quarter. Jump around. Jump around between third and fourth quarters. You guys should do that in the press box anyway. It, no, th- no thanks. No, you're they good. did it for us on our normal days. The press box was oh, shaking. Oh, I remember it was scary. <laughs> I've, I've experienced it a few times, and it was uh, something that uh, you you hear about, and then you experience, and you're like, okay, I this press box is pretty old, and the stadium's really moving. You guys may have heard this, but we had Barry Alvarez on for a few minutes. Uh, Lauren and I did on Saturday morning, and we asked him about the the outbreak in Wisconsin. And he was very matter of fact. He said, if the bars are open. Wisconsin people will be in the bars. That's and that's kind of that's the a, way it is. That's a fact of life, and and uh, you know we've all been to Madison quite a few times and and indulged in their their fine dining and and downtown scene there in Madison. And yeah, what uh, what Barry Alvarez said is is true, and uh, unfortunately that's happening during a pandemic though. And when we say there's not going to be anybody at Camp Randall, it's nobody because the Big Ten has said you know family of players and coaches will be able to attend, but Wisconsin is not even doing that because of the, the number of cases in the state. So it'll be a... Segue that into more positive news, Steve. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> Our radio team will be there live. <laughs> Scott Ritchie will be there. Scott Ritchie will be there. And the two the football teams will be there. That's all you need. Yeah. And you'll hear the uh, pounding of the pads and the helmet on helmet, and you might hear a lot more than you're used to hearing, <laughs> and we'll have to see how... How that might uh, work out. Brandon Peters will be the quarterback, of course, for the Fighting Illini. And I'm not sure there's a more laid-back guy, Bob, than Brandon Peters. No, definitely not. <laughs> and and he, But his leadership skills are obviously evident to the rest of the team and to the coaching staff as well. But Brandon was asked today about uh, whether or not he would be nervous heading into this season. Over last year, he was just kind of thrown into the fire after not being here very long, but here's what he had to say. Definitely, there's there's some nerves. I mean, you aren't human if there isn't any nerves going into this game. But, uh, you know, being able to control them, I think that's, you know, something that you have to do. You can't let your nerves overcome um, your play on the field. But, you know, for me, I, you know, the best way you can do that is just coming to the game prepared, ready to go, knowing what Wisconsin's going to do. You know, and expecting them to do some different things. You know, you know the game plan is not always going to be clear cut. Um, so being able to adjust on the fly too will be helpful. But uh, now I'm excited for this game. You know, it's been a long time since we put on the pads and you know had an opportunity to compete like this. That's quarterback Brandon Peters. Bob, let's stick with the offense. If you had a concern about this year's Illinois offense, what would it be going into game one? There's a couple of things. First of all, you have uh, four-fifths of an offensive line back, which is great. But they have a new starter there. Virtus Brown is going to start the other guard spot, I guess. And that's, again, nothing against him, but he's he's jumping into a new unit, and that's tricky. And the other thing, I think, and everybody's going to ask this uh, running back because Mike Capstein, although he's a really capable guy, he's coming off injury after injury, and you hope he can get through the season healthy. But uh, if he's able to play a full season, he could have really nice numbers, both as a receiver and as a running back. Plus, he's a really dedicated blocker. So I think all I think those are the two I would look at first. Yeah, and I'd maybe go in and just to switch it up a little bit. I say running backs for me is is one, but a position group that is talked about 
often leading up to each and every season is the tight ends group. And on paper, they should be talented. Daniel Barker's back. Luke Ford's supposed to be eligible. Daniel Mandator Bebe, Josh's uh, older brother, transferred from Southern Cal, is uh, supposed to be a, a key factor for them as well. And every year you hear, okay, we're going to utilize the tight ends. They're going to be involved in, in the passing game more. And then the season starts and they just aren't. And I think, too, with the fact that the run game is a little suspect among the position groups on the offensive side of the ball is how well are those guys going to be run blockers too not just what they do in in terms of getting open when they use Brandon Peters rolling out or try to find Luke Ford down the seam or anything but how effective are they going to be in in helping Mike Epstein and Jakari Norwood and Chase Brown get some running lanes going and, and really kind of establish the run game again that we saw was so prevalent in 2018 in Rod Smith's first year as offensive coordinator at Illinois and last year kind of took a took a step back where do you stand on that, uh, Scott Ritchie? Well, I think, as it's been hammered a little bit, um, the run game is a question mark. Because you look two years ago, Illinois had a top fifteen mm-hmm. rushing offense and and a very mobile quarterback that season in AJ Bush Jr., which certainly helped. And then you know last year they rushed for a hundred yards per game, fewer than they did in, in twenty eighteen, and with a the offensive line was pretty experienced last year as well, and they had some issues, um, both in run blocking and then you know, occasionally in protecting Brandon Peters, who missed two games because he took big hits and you know had concussions. So I think maybe just every group living up to you know, the expectation of their potential is going to be important. But I think it's curious. It's interesting with you know the the tight ends and everyone discussing you know how. Important Daniel Barker, Luke Ford, or Daniel and Matterbebe could be. It's like, well, there's three of them plus a dozen scholarship wide receivers. None of them are going to have huge numbers come the end of the year. I don't think. I think um, the ball is going to get spread around quite a bit. So, a successful season for one of those tight ends might not, you know, be 25 catches for. 500 yards or whatever. Uh, Not when your leading receiver had 33 catches mm-hmm. last year. That was yeah. Josh. Well, and I think, too, going back to the, the offense is, is they, I think, and going back to what Lovey Smith said earlier at the beginning of the show, is you just want to seek some consistency. Even thinking back to, to last season with Illinois, yes, they upset Wisconsin. They had to rally to do that. They had to pull off a huge fourth quarter comeback. Wisconsin had to make a couple of mistakes, too. Exactly. And then they won at Michigan State. They pulled off the biggest comeback in, in school history. And then after winning at Michigan State and clinching a bull berth, frankly, Illinois kind of fell flat in their final three games last season and, and the loss at Iowa and the senior day here against Northwestern, very uninspiring performance. And then they fell down against Cal and really wasn't much of a game in the second half of the Red Box Bowl. So, yes, Illinois on paper, this is the most experienced group that, that Lovey Smith, te- Smith has in his tenure, but there's still plenty of questions out there about this this Illini team. We we keep getting caught up in the running running game because it fell off. I will point out they won more games last year than they won the year before. And I think I think Rod Smith's goal should be do whatever I have to do to make this thing work. So if that means throw the ball way more than I run the ball because that can't be quite be quite as effective as a, as a running team, then do that. And I think that's going to be helpful that for them. They follow that. They have a lot, a lot of receivers and tight ends and stuff. Get them the ball. And Brandon Peters can't run very well, but he can throw. 
So get, get him the ball, throw the ball downfield. Don't worry about running game as much as you think you have to. Well, I, I think, too, and I brought this up earlier uh, this month, I think the, the weather, I think, is going to play a huge factor in, in the Illinois football offense this season. If they have a couple games where it's snowing or if it's raining and cold like we saw at Purdue last year, the run game is going to have to be efficient and produce. And then you can't throw the ball 30, 40 times, and that is a huge uh, effect on, on what Rod Smith may want to do. We'll talk some Illinois basketball before we get out of here by 6 o'clock. But one more football note, and I'll direct this to uh, Mr. Ritchie. How about those Bears, eh? Five and one now. Yeah, I mean. You're not sold, Scott. They play enough, like, bad football that I wonder <laughs> how they're five and one. But th- they are five and one, and they keep finding ways not to lose. I think I'll phrase it. So, you know, sign me up, Super Bowl or bust, I guess. They played next Monday night, Monday, Monday night, night football Rams. against the Rams. Speaking of Monday night football, there's one game that started Monday afternoon. Monday late afternoon football. Yeah. Kansas City and Buffalo is well into the uh, second half now with Kansas City leading 13-10. to 10. Is there another game tonight, too? Yeah, Cardinals and Cowboys right. okay. at uh, 7-15 down so in Jerry's World. No baseball tonight. The World Series starts tomorrow. We talked about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's talk, talk about that anymore. <laughs> okay. Kevin Kiermeyer too. Shout out to the Parkland College product, uh, starting center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Cool moment for him. He gets to, to play in his first World Series uh, this week. Basketball practice for Illinois. Scott Ritchie has moved into its second week now. Um, they started last Wednesday. Some recruiting news. Let's uh, get our weekly update on Bryce Hopkins and what may or may not be going on with him. And uh, there is word that he might announce this week, but we'd heard that before too. Yeah, I mean, heard that he might announce his commitment tomorrow, October 20th. Uh, not sure that that will happen or that he'll commit this week. Um, one of the last things was like he was just waiting for his commitment video to be done. So... It means a decision has been made, unless he made nine different <laughs> versions of it for his top nine. So, uh, I mean, at this point, I mean, Illinois got back in the mix really well after he decommitted from Louisville um, and made a push, I think, here in the last couple of weeks. But Kentucky uh, still seems to be the the going favorite to, to land the top 35 prospect from Fenwick. Any other recruiting news? Any new offers out there? Yeah, Illinois offered five Guys, last week, um, all of them in the class of 2023. So, uh, your so they played one year of high school. Yeah, your high school, your current high school sophomores, yeah, yeah. and they won't, won't can't drive. <laughs> well, most of them, legally. most of them, yeah, legally. <laughs> Good point, Bob. I mean, they might have maybe a learner's <laughs> permit at this point, but yeah, uh, included a couple of in-state prospects. Um, Owen Freeman is a, a center from Bradley Bourbonnet, and. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm going to mispronounce your name. Uh, You've got five years to learn. Yeah, so. Matas <laughs> Bu- M- Buselis. He plays at Hensdale Central. Kind of a bigger wing. Uh, really good three-point shooter. And then a couple of high-profile guys. Um, Kwame Evans Jr. is a five-star wing out of Baltimore. His dad played at Kwame Evans Sr. Played at George Washington's number five all-time leading scorer there in their Hall of Fame. And then two other offers last night. Um, one is a four-slash-five-star center, uh, Baye Fall. He's originally from Senegal and plays high school basketball in Colorado. And another Senegalese center in Colorado, uh, Asan Diop, uh, 
a six ten kind of power forward center, got an offer as well. So lots of lots of movement on you know guys that won't be on the college campus in a really long time. Here's a question you won't be able to answer, but uh, what's the latest on the schedule? Anybody, either one of you. Guys. Yeah, we don't know. There will be one at some point. You <laughs> might know the day before. Yeah, I mean, we, we know when they expect November twenty fifth. Right, they're gonna they're gonna start when the season starts, but beyond that, um, still in a, a holding pattern. I know the Big East was supposed to announce kind of how its conference play is gonna work this week, so maybe the Big Ten can do the same. But uh, we had Brad Underwood on Saturday uh, as well, and we talked about that and. He told us, and he's mentioned this before, but he really likes a Big Ten only schedule. If that, because you know what the protocols are, and everybody's yeah. doing the same thing, and yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And he brought up a good point that I hadn't really thought about was the officials. How you, you know, those guys are all over the place. Some of those guys working three, four, five consecutive nights, and Lauren's always wanted to officiate. So this <laughs> is this is the year we can pull him out of the stands. It's been done before here. Well, and it's true, they're <laughs> officiating in multiple different conferences right. as well. So, I mean, if they're not following maybe Big Ten testing protocols, um, who knows what it's going to look like. Need to take one final break on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll do that, and we'll come back. We'll find out what's uh, going on in the pages of the News Gazette uh, the rest of the week and more. Stay with us. Yeah, we're heading towards 6 o'clock, about 90 seconds before the uh, top of the hour. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Coming up in an hour, it'll be the Lovey Smith Show. Brian Barnhart will be with the Illini coach on that. Coming up, they'll have some other guests, I'm sure, tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette. What are you guys working on? It's game week, so I can anticipate a lot of pregame coverage there. Yeah, Bob and uh, Scott have been carrying the mantle uh, all off season, and will continue to do so in the coming days uh, ahead of Friday night's kickoff. So uh, read about uh, Illinois' plan in case Lovey Smith gets COVID-19 and uh, what the Illini think of being such big underdogs at Wisconsin. The Tuesday's paper, and we'll have plenty more throughout the week on a variety of topics. I think Bob already teased us, and the fact he's going to pick Illinois to win. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I thought Illinois is going to win. 24 to 23. I'm never wrong. Scott's going to make a prediction, too. Are you anywhere close to that yet, or is it too early in the week? Well, I don't have a score, per se, but I don't believe I'll be picking Illinois necessarily. Uh, we have that on tape, a, everyone. Yeah, even a 20-point spread is might be a little bit much, but you know, Wisconsin is ranked as the favorite for a reason. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. That takes care of Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks to Ed Bond for helping us out as well on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. For all the guys, I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good evening, everybody.